Stu. Glenn. What a what a program. What a broadcast. What a show. Mm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, people will, have, will be saying it for uh, years. For years and years. This is the one we win the Emmy or the Grammy or the EGOT or something. We're going to win for this one because it's uh, quite a show. We're talking about Election Day uh, in New Hampshire. Is this the last day of a primary in America? Is this the way it should be? What do the poll numbers look like? We heard from a lot of people that were voting up in New Hampshire. We also talked uh, to Mike Lee about the border decision made by the Supreme Court. He brought in some real uh, problems and some real uh, hope, I think. There's too many people saying, you know, we, we should defy the Supreme Court. Well, on this one, there's nothing to defy. Um, on the right, and Texas isn't going to have to defy anything. We'll talk about that uh, on today's podcast and so much more. Right now, let me tell you about my Patriot Supply. It's hard to know when emergency is going to occur. I mean, is it going to be now or, you know, 10 minutes from now? We don't know. But it could be something happens directly to you, something in your region, or even something nationwide or global. That's all up in the air, but bad things do happen from time to time. It's how we deal with those bad things that is the choice that we make. Make the choice now to prepare so when they do happen, you're a blessing to others. You are, um, you're not a burden. You're a blessing. Get started today by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies, and yours should be next. Eat right when things go wrong. MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. You get same-day free shipping. It's MyPatriotSupply.com. I mean, it's going to be new, exciting, or to see things that never have happened really before. I can't wait to see how all of them turn out. Yes, it's going to be too. incredible to watch. You and know, an interesting journey. Glenn. And I don't think we're going to have to wait long. No, you know, <laughs> you know mm. I think you know. Sometimes when we've been saying that, we're like, you know, five, ten years. I think, I, I, I think we're, you know, days, weeks, months before we can see how this all turns out, which is great. We know we're going to live through it, so we can see it. Well, we don't know that, of course. Well, we, I mean, you may not the, be able to see because you'll be in prison. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's start with um, what's happening in New Hampshire. There is a new Trafalgar poll out. Yep. And uh, it doesn't look good for Nikki Haley. No. In fact, I would say my impression of this race is one that is moving quickly away from Haley having any impact in it. Uh, you know, we if we would have talked about this about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, right after Chris Christie drops out, there's a real chance of Nikki Haley kind of keeping this close. There's some mm-hmm. polling that shows it in single digits. Uh, you know, Christie dropping out, most of her his voters likely go to yeah, her. Like all six of them. Yeah, well, he had 12 percent in, in New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, it was the one state he was competitive. Mm-hmm. So there's an argument to be made that this was a I mean, it was always a leaning Trump race, but it was close to a toss up mm-hmm. there a few weeks ago. What has happened since the Iowa results have come in is it has consolidated, I would say, around Trump, and the polling has moved as well. I mean, it was uh, even even the polls that showed Trump with a lead were showing him with a you know 13, 15 point lead in that range. 
slew of polls came out uh, today, all of them had Trump up uh, 20 points or more. So this one does seem like it is moving towards Trump. I would not be surprised at all to see this to be real blowout territory. Uh, 23 in the Trump in the Trafalgar poll, Insider Advantage has it at 27, um, it, with Trump at 62% of the vote. Um, JL Partners Daily Mail has it at 20 points. The Boston Globe Suffolk University, which they're doing a, a tracking poll, kind of updating it by the day, uh, 22 points. The, the the previous poll had him up 19. It is it seems to be moving in the direction of Donald Trump showing a real blowout and at that point you'd look at this and say well probably this is completely over as yeah, because a in south carolina primary. you i mean it's pretty much of a career killer i mean even walter mm-hmm. mondale won his state again it was the only one mm-hmm. but he at least won his state against ronald reagan that was bad if she loses her own state that's not good. It's not good. Now we saw this with you know, Marco Rubio in 2016, right? Lost Florida, and that was the end of his yeah. campaign. Now, in a weird way, DeSantis is Florida, and Trump was Florida, so he kind of has multiple home states, mm-hmm. um, which is you know one of the nice features of being a billionaire. Uh, you can kind of be from anywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, but I live in all 50 states. You know, Trump is not from South Carolina, no. quite clearly, and he already has a major lead there. Now she has an impact, and there's an argument for her. To say, why not stick around? She doesn't have, I would argue, the future of DeSantis in the party. Or DeSantis has a, a real incentive yes. to get out of the way, endorse Trump, fall in line. He's got a future. He's, you know. Uh, he has I, a bright future. He has and, a bright you future. Know, it is, once they indicted Donald Trump, once that happened, um, he became the, the underdog. He became Braveheart. Okay. Yeah. And he became a symbol. Mm-hmm. And you can't really beat a symbol. You can't beat a symbol. Right. So I think that's true. You know, it was interesting to watch as Trump has kind of done this tour. He's talked about DeSantis a little bit. And, uh, you know, of course, as is the way with Trump, you know, he's very aggressive against you when you're when you're running against him. And the second you endorse him, he's very, very nice to you. But when he made the the statement in a couple places, you know, I'm retiring the DeSanctimonious um, uh, name. The, the reaction from the crowd was cheering. Yeah. Like, the, the crowd does not hate DeSantis. No, they don't. They actually really like him. He's still plus 40, 40 when it comes to favorability in the Republican Party. This is not a guy who destroyed himself in this race, no. despite what you're going to read online. No. Um, I, but I don't he know. He didn't do, honestly, mm-hmm. he didn't do, and this is not why I think she destroyed herself, um, but she didn't. He didn't do what Nikki Haley did, and that is come right after Donald Trump, be Chris Christie, and I don't think she's done that. I don't. Oh, th- she's not been Chris Christie. No, she hasn't been Chris Christie. No. But she took some pages out of Chris Christie's notebook. The reason why she is out of is it's not going to work. Is she's out of step? Yeah, I- with the new Republican feeling, which is honestly, I mean. The left and the Democrats, I, I don't see any movement there except to the harder left. Yes. And that's not where Democrats live. I, I don't think the average Democrat in the middle of the country. That's not what they are for and live for. We have actually become much more, um, when it comes to wars and things, much more like the 
Democratic Party used to be. We're suspicious of the machine. We're suspicious of the, you know, the industrial complex, military industrial complex, um, suspicious of the government, what we're doing overseas. We're becoming what the Democrats we've moved. I think we're I don't be- want to sign up for that description of what we've become. I, I'm gonna- no, no, no. I mean, if you were <laughs> if you were a Democrat, that's the way yeah. you would view us on the on war. That's not where I am. Yeah. I'm still for look, you come and poke us in the eye and give us a bloody nose. Yeah. We're going to take you out, but we're not going to get involved. And I don't want to rebuild everything or anything. I'm just going to say no. And we do that a few times and then just leave. We're, we're going to teach people the lesson. Don't punch us in the face. Punch each other in the face. Well, I'm, I'm going to have an opinion maybe on that, but I'm not going to get involved. Right. And I think that is, you're right, out of, this, out of step with the energy of the party. And that's why I, I'd ask you, Glenn, like, while I think DeSantis quite clearly has a future, might not, Big, be, pre- I think. Might not be the president of the United States in 2028. Well, it might be, though. 48 um, is waiting. But, right. <laughs> It could be. It yeah. could be that. But it's it's some obviously prominent role. He is not he is not um, done what Chris Christie has done, and like you know, no, no one would ever no, want to. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki Haley, I think, falls closer to the Chris Christie vibe than the DeSantis vibe coming out of this, right? Yeah. Where like it feels like if she doesn't win here or do something here, her future in the party probably is there. Like she probably will have some prominent position. Uh, mm. There's a lot of money in, in the, in the, in one side of the Republican party that is not the Donald Trump side. So it's, it's not to say that she has no future, but like, I don't think she's looking at herself as the 2028 candidate per se. And the reason I so, so saying all that makes me think that her best piece of strategy is probably to stick around and, and pocket delegates over the long term and hope uh, that Donald Trump ha- runs into some major legal problem that changes the dynamic of the race in some way. That's a dark way of looking at the future, but what's the upside for her to just drop out and go away? I don't know that there is one, especially uh, with South money. Carolina next. But I mean, yeah, money. You, you can run a, a bare bones. I mean, Ryan Binkley's still in the race. I doubt he has tons and tons. I mean, he has personal wealth, but he does not have tons and tons of donors coming in. Nikki Haley could run a bare bones campaign doing interviews on MSNBC for the next six months and, and probably not. Uh, be, yeah, she's already on Trafalgar the ballots. Trafalgar is saying that, you know, there was a concerted effort to get Democrats to go out and vote for Nikki Haley. Yeah. Uh, and to get the independents who usually vote Democrat to come out for Nikki Haley. And now it's that seems to be falling apart and people are just going to if they do go, they're going to write in Joe Biden. Yeah, it's it's funny because the, the Democrats once again are making Trump's road easier. You can think of that what you will, but they the vast majority of voters in New Hampshire are independents. It's not like other states. Because the way that that um, the, the the registration goes for this primary is, if you're a Democrat, you cannot come today and register as a Republican and vote in the in the in the primary. If you're an independent, you can do that. So most people just stay independent and pick the primary that they want to go into, just do, you know figuring out whatever they feel like at the time. The the long story on why the Democratic Party did this. Uh, Mr. President Democracy himself, who just cares so much about democracy, wound up losing Iowa and New Hampshire last time and then just deleted them off the calendar this time. That's the show of democracy from Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. But uh, 
they have a law there that they have to have the first primary, so they're holding it. It's a non-binding primary. They're not getting their delegates. However, it's become a big deal because other candidates filed there. And last minute, everyone's coming in on the Biden side and saying, maybe this would look bad for us if we don't win. (laughs) Joe's the president of the United States. If Dean Mm -hmm. Phillips wins this primary, this is going to look bad. So they've dumped money in through super PACs to try to get people to write in Joe Biden, which is now taking those independent Democratic-leading voters that may have crossed for Nikki Haley over to the Biden side to try to get Biden to have a showing there so he doesn't embarrass himself. This is so so pathetic. It's so crazy. But it does. I think this is something that is legitimately going to hurt Haley's chances tonight. Because the people who just want to come out and hurt Trump are being told by their people, no, go right in Joe Biden instead. So I don't know. I think that's part of the dynamic that's happening here. But I do expect Trump to to win and win probably handily tonight. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Democratic part of this is sort of fascinating in that, you know, this idea that they had to just eliminate these these states. I haven't heard really anyone talk about this. This is the guy, This is the party that is pitching to you that all they do is care about democracy. Wherever the chips may fall, your vote matters. And this is the party that eliminated the two states that the lead candidate lost and be- because, you know, because, oh, they're too white. Yeah. What's crazy is <laughs> unreal. they talk about disenfranchising voters and how the Republicans are disenfranchised. They don't want to count every vote. They will disenfranchise two states. Two states. Two entire states. Traditional leaders in this process. Again, I don't like this process. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I can't stand it. I don't understand why we do it this way. But okay, you, you want to change it up. So they've now changed it to the state. You know, the one that just happened to rescue Joe Biden's campaign. You know, Joe, as soon as he wins, I mean, they talk about Trump doing this stuff, right? And they act as if he's Mr. Anti-Democracy. Look at what they're doing. These poor people in New Hampshire are doing a Democratic primary because they are required to by state law. And then they're just not going to give them any delegates for it. Because Joe Biden didn't like that he lost last time. He was angry that he lost Iowa. He lost New Hampshire. South Carolina let him win. Therefore, they get rewarded with the first primary. Does anybody notice that every time they accuse somebody of doing something, Mm. that's what they're doing? Has Mm. anybody noticed that? Does seem to happen over and over and over again. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Every single time. You know, uh, Donald Trump, if he gets elected, he's going to try to put his opponents in jail. What? That's what you're doing. That is what you're doing now. Currently, everyone knows you're doing it. We all watch the news. We all know that you're uh, trying to take your opponent off the ballot. And like, what form of democracy is that? What form of democracy has one name on the ballot? What form of democracy? It's the Saddam Hussein-style democracy. What What? What democracy claims someone is uh, an insurrectionist when he's not ever, not just been tried and found guilty, not been tried, not even charged no, with that? Not even charged in the impeachment right. uh, for it. And all of a sudden they just claim he is an insurrectionist 
without any legal anything. And they did it from day one, too, which oh, is pathetic. They, they knew they could have charged him with insurrection. They didn't because they knew they would never win it. And then they just started saying it on television over and over again, hoping that they could use that later as the evidence to get him tossed you know, off the ballot. I just keep coming back to you know who the real villain here is. is us! 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 The people who are just dead asleep and are like, ah, nothing's going on. It's just, you know, it's the same old, same old. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. No joke. No joke. I'm not joking, folks. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Senator Mike Lee, because I will lead and not follow, I believe and not doubt. I will create, not destroy. Because I'm a force for good. I'm a force for God. I'm a leader. And we can define, uh, defy the odds. I need your help today in understanding the news and where we go from here. Because if it's, if it's not this, it will be something because we're facing constitutional crisis after constitutional crisis. And... Uh, I'm I'm not sure how to react, but I know there's a lot of people saying this is out of line. We should ignore the Supreme Court, but that makes us them. But what else are you going to do? First, let's go over what the Supreme Court decided yesterday, Mike. Okay, so yesterday the Supreme Court issued an order, not an opinion, just a very brief order undoing. Uh, an order that was released by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit on December 19th. Now, remember, the, the Courts of Appeals are, are, um, are numbered throughout the country. The Fifth Circuit includes the state of Texas. Uh, and uh, the Fifth Circuit on December 19th had issued an order in joining the uh, Biden administration from taking down barriers put in place by uh, the state of Texas. See, the state of Texas um, wanted to make sure that um, they restore some semblance of the rule of law in their state. Mm-hmm. They decided to put up these barriers along the border, say, we, we, we don't want to do this. The Biden administration started taking actions indicating its plans to take down the concertina wire and uh, the other barriers. So Texas uh, brought suit against the Department of Homeland Security and others in the Biden administration and said, we want an injunction telling them, telling the Biden administration that may not take down these barriers. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals on December 19th uh, issued such an injunction. And immediately the Biden administration went to the Supreme Court and filed an emergency application to vacate that injunction. In other words, to to undo it. And the operative portion of the order from yesterday is just found in a sentence. It's inclusive of a total of four sentences, but this one is, is, is the operative language. The December 19, 2023 order of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit is vacated. That's it. Then there's a separate line that says Justice Thomas, Justice Alito, Justice Gorsuch, and Justice Kavanaugh would deny the application to vacate the injunction. So with, with that, the Supreme Court of the United States just undid this. And what this tells us then is that 
it was Chief Justice Roberts, along with Justice Kagan, Justice Sotomayor, and Justice Jackson, who were in the majority on this. And that is all we know about their rationale, all we know about what happened. So all of a sudden, Texas, having won this uh, round of litigation, the previous round of litigation in the Court of Appeals, is now sort of back to square one, being told you lose. And yet we don't have the analysis as to why or what this means, and everything is in a state of disorder. So, uh, first of all, can you explain uh, Barrett's joining the other side? I mean, uh, any guess to what she was thinking? Yeah. Okay, so all I can do is guess. Uh, All I can do is offer conjecture uh, because there's no analysis. If I were to guess, I... I, I, Hang on just a sec. Before you go on, is that unusual that there was no analysis? It's not unusual given the procedural posture in which they find themselves. In other words, this side of the court's docket, the emergency applications docket, uh, is itself something that the justices have to do as they're doing their other ordinary business, writing opinions in other cases. And they, they, they... because of the nature of it, it's it's a yes or no, uh, up or down thing most of Got the it. time. So okay. that part's not surprising. But it is surprising, given the nature of this dispute and the complexity of, and urgency of this, that we would have this. It's, uh, it, it's at least difficult uh, to figure out what to do. So if I had to guess as to what her analysis might have been, and, and that of Chief Justice Roberts, it would be that they reached some kind of conclusion that, you know, we don't want the the uh, courts to be weaponized. We don't want to be perceived, certainly as justices, as playing only on the team of the political party of the presidents who appointed us. And therefore, I, we, speaking, you know, I, either as Justice, uh, uh, either as Chief Justice Roberts uh, or Justice Barrett, or both of them, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to decide to... Uh, side with the Democrats on this one that, that, so that we don't over-politicize this. But I, I really find that difficult to grasp that they would do it in that circumstance. Um, and yet I don't see a, a good reason. I, I don't see a, an explanation that makes a lot of sense. It goes much beyond that uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand why it's a bad thing to have the state of Texas trying to protect the people of Texas from these swarms of people who are pouring across their borders without documentation and destroying property along the way, converting property as if it were their own and destroying it as they, uh, as they cross in illegally. I, I don't understand what the compelling need is or, or what principle of law would be violated by the state of Texas trying to protect the people of Texas. Let me ask you something. Um, the Constitution says that it is the, the federal government's job to protect the borders, um, but they're not doing their job, obviously. Uh, in fact, they're enabling those um, people trying to come in, and they are enabling uh, drug cartels, drugs coming over, killing our citizens, criminals coming over. We know terrorists have come over now. Uh, they're enabling those who rape and sell into sex slavery. I mean, it's it's bad stuff. It's not even close. And what the justices are saying is, Texas, you don't have the right to protect your own borders. That's our job. Um, let me let me ask you, if a military came over, they, let's say these 10 million people all had military uniforms, 
Um, but, you know, only a few of them had guns. And it, it was clear this was an invasion by an army. And the federal government decided to say, nah, well, they, they can keep crossing in. Would they have the right to say to Texas or anybody else, you don't have the right to have a militia or, uh, you know, call up your National Guard and and push these people back? Is, is the Constitution a, a suicide pact? Certainly not. And, and specifically in that kind of circumstance, it wouldn't be. There are two separate provisions of the Constitution that tell us this. One is found in Article 4, Section 4, which says that the United States uh, shall guarantee to every state a Republican form of government. And on application of a state, uh, uh, typically the legislature, uh, uh, shall protect each of them from invasion. So that's an affirmative obligation by the United States to protect each state from invasion. Now, there's also a, a, uh, something that defends in the Constitution a separate right of the state to stand up for itself upon being invaded. And that's found in, in Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, which um, is a provision that tells the states a bunch of stuff that they can't do on their own without the consent of Congress, but then contains a carve-out uh, for circumstances in which a state is actually invaded. Yeah, but the only in difference words, in one scenario... In war. The, the, only, the only difference is in these two scenarios is 10 million people are coming over, uh, not in uniform. But right. that's it. I mean, it's an invasion. That's right. And it's no less of an invasion simply because they're not organized formally as a, a military or we don't think of them. They, they, they are not a military, but it's an invasion nonetheless. Uh, throughout history, there have been uh, instances of invasions of uh, many countries around the world. Uh, uh, some are armed, organized invasions. Others are not. But it's an invasion nonetheless. They are being invaded by people who don't belong there and people who uh, threaten to subvert the order of things and the rule of law as they enter. So the, the fact that there is an invasion and the fact that the state of Texas feels the need to protect its own citizens from this puts Texas, in my view, in a very solid position. Now, I assume that for the four justices who dissented, that is, for Justices Thomas, Alito, Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch, that that was their rationale. We're all still grasping to understand what the rationale of the majority was, other than, as you say, uh, probably reasoned, well, immigration is the, the thing that is done by the federal government, and it's not done by the state of Texas, therefore case closed. But that doesn't answer the question. It doesn't answer the, the Article 1, Section 10, or the Article 4, Section 4 question that we just discussed. And as a practical matter, it leaves the state of Texas in an untenable position. Okay, so now, Mike, I, 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 we have to have a serious adult conversations, and we have to start modeling these conversations and having these conversations and, uh, and have them as rational, reasonable citizens of a republic and uh, as adults and if you as a listener can't handle that, 
then you should go away. Um, because I think some questions need to be asked. And if not now, very soon on whatever the next topic might be. You know, Mike, um, there was a guy named Martin Luther King, I know you know, uh, and he he taught people how to resist peacefully. And uh, nobody's teaching that. Nobody's pushing for that. Ah, our pastors are all out to lunch. Um, but there are people now who are saying, uh, we need to go. In fact, could you read Tucker Carlson's tweet uh, from yesterday? I uh, don't have that handy, but I can look for it. it basically, he says, where are the men of Texas standing up? Well, the men of Texas standing up, um, I, I, I don't know exactly what that means, Tucker, um, because many of us are standing up and we're speaking out. At what point um, do people, uh, are people justified at all to say, yeah, it makes me kind of like them, but we got to stop this. So in other words, defying the Supreme Court and just doing it anyway. I don't like that. Now, look, uh, the rule of law is important to us. That's the whole reason why Texas is trying to take this action to begin with, is to preserve the rule of law. And for that reason, uh, everything possible needs to be done uh, to comply with the rule of law, even if it means going along with a, a, a court order uh, that one doesn't like and uh, finding other ways uh, to be persuasive to get it done. But keep in mind something, Glenn. Um, the, the Supreme Court's order from yesterday does not order the state of Texas to do anything. As I read it, all it says is that they vacate the Fifth Circuit's order from the 19th of December which had itself enjoined uh, the Biden administration from taking down the barricades. So there, there's nothing affirmatively that the state of Texas has to do in order to comply with this uh, order from the Supreme Court. It just lifts the legal impediment from the Biden administration that had previously told them, don't take down the barricades. Right. So one interesting question is, what exactly is the Biden administration going to do now? Is the Biden administration really... Seriously, with a straight face, are, are they going to say, yes, cut the wires? Yes. Remove all the concertina wire? Yes. And, um, and do all that. Uh, Glenn, remember something. We, we have seen in the last month more people pouring across our border unlawfully uh -huh. than has ever been observed uh -huh. in our nearly two and a half centuries of existence as a nation. And our Border Patrol agents and everybody else who works with them on this, they're all overwhelmed. I've been down to the border just in the last few weeks alone. I lived down uh, on the border in the McCown area as a missionary for two years. I know this area well. Are they really going to say, this is where we want our, our, our efforts focus, to be going in there removing barricades whose sole purpose is to protect the people of the state of Texas and, frankly, even the people who are being human trafficked along uh, the border, aren't they really going to say that's where yeah, we want them? Yeah. Bring up the wire cutters, stop processing everything they, else, stop everything else you're doing. They've they already really done that, do Mike. That? They've already done that. They were cutting the wires in Texas. I mean, they, they what makes you think they won't they do that? For a few weeks. What? They, they, they were cutting them. They had to stop for three weeks. But in the meantime, Texas put down a whole lot more wire. 
and they've got more wire now. I mean, it, this really would be a massive undertaking. And if after, uh, after the month of December 2023, just last month, are they really going to go back in and undertake that huge effort again? Mm-hmm. If so, this raises all kinds of other questions. And if so, I think this could end up being the very best thing, the single greatest momentum uh, uh, producing exercise for the Donald Trump campaign. Because this is the president of the United States who loves lawlessness, if this is truly what he wants to do. And we've got to make that point loud and clear. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. So it's 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 one of those shows where I I I've kind of given up, you know, and it's like, eh, whatever. Uh, and those uh, those uh, are always fun. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, not I know for I'm Stu. Ha- I know I'm having fun, Glenn. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know you are. Mm-hmm. I know you are. Well, it started as a very difficult day today. You know. Yeah, I would say. Would you say, Glenn, the country's a bit on edge? I think it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's what I detect. I yeah. detect the country as a whole just a tad on the edge. Maybe just you know they're okay. I mean, let's just say you know, if 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 the United States was an apartment building, mm-hmm. uh about 80% of its citizens would be on the ledge looking down at the traffic right now. Yeah, right. And, and longingly, right, and longingly at the Hyundai Sonata right, riding below them, right, and mm-hmm. there's not really anybody down there with a bullhorn mm-hmm. uh, that's saying anything. But I don't know. Give it a whirl. Might be better. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't block traffic if you can. Yeah. Land on the sidewalk. Yeah. So uh, no, it, it does seem that way, and I think it's it's interesting. I mean, I think this is a for the conservative uh, audience mm-hmm. uh, probably mm-hmm. a good. Mm-hmm day generally right right like i think oh it's i think it's a good day the overwhelming uh favorability for donald trump and the republican voting populace is i think well reflected here and probably will be reflected tonight you never know i mean there are some you know reports on the ground for new hampshire oh actually everyone's showing up and it's gonna be we hear this every single election Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't expect anything out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. uh, today and I, i am it is interesting to think about the this process as a whole though which is weird, right? Like the fact that we go to Iowa and then New Hampshire mm-hmm. and then like it's just over. Like I, no one in Texas certainly is voting in this primary in, in a way that it will likely matter. Um, you know, everyone, you know, and, and that's just the state I'm in. Every 48 other states are saying, yeah, like we didn't really get a voice here. It, it's a weird thing. I, I, I actually believe this. I don't think we should do it like this anymore. <laughs> I, I, and I'm I, with you. On are that. you? Because yeah. I, I don't know if I'm in the majority or not on this one. But like, I honestly think the contest we're talking about, okay, mm-hmm. is a national contest. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can't figure out how to win a national contest for the primary is a problem. Like, we can all act yeah. like winning Iowa by itself is really important, or New Hampshire is really important, impressive, and it is. But it's a different ball game, right? The rules are different. The things yeah, you do but, are different. But here's the problem with that. Um, first of all, you are not a dictator, and you can't make all the states do it the way you want to do. I, if okay. I can be like Joe Biden, I can uh, do that. Well, okay, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the other thing is, 
is it will keep people out that don't have massive war chests. You know, I don't know about that, though. Let me let me push back against that a little bit. Uh-huh. Number one, it's really, really hard to buy a national primary or let's call it a regional primary. Maybe you do you break it into four regions and do four different days. But like it would be hard to buy that because it's too expensive for everyone. It's no longer difficult to buy one of these early states because they, there's so much money flowing into them. So now you kind of do, in a way, push out smaller candidates. I know there's, you know, you get to go to all the counties and all that stuff, and there's something to that. But, like, you, you're not going to do that in the general election. It's a different skill set that's important and can be important in certain states. But I would argue, Glenn, you know, with social media the way it is now, with access to media the way it is now, it's not the same as 1954. Yeah, I, I, I agree I think with you. Like but you, I mean, you know, let me play the devil's advocate here. I mean, I'd feel bad for Iowa. I mean, who would go to Iowa then? Well, yeah. Every four years, people show up and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to. Every hotel sold out. I'm going to Every spend corn dog money. is sold. Yeah. Yes. I, no, I know. That's yeah. true. And it would not be as. I mean, some people would go. <laughs> but. <laughs> You're right. Just like again, the, I'd like to remind this is one of those shows where we just you're don't just care. We're offending everybody. We've, we got we've it. given up. Yeah, we've given up. Uh, but like, I think with the access to social media, more than ever, you have an opportunity to spread your message at low cost. And and, yeah. and honestly, like this process, I mean, especially is this especially, process getting us uh, the the bootstrapped candidate, like I don't know, Mitt Romney. Yeah. The, the bootstrap no, I mean, candidate, like Donald Trump, a multi-billionaire. Okay, like, what? Right. So you're oh, making good points because the here, guy who got hundreds of millions of dollars from China is now the president I, of the United I, States. You at least have a chance to see the candidates and meet the candidates, and they have a chance to meet and see and hear you. But I'm not in Iowa. I'm yeah, not in New I, Hampshire. I've met them all. Yeah. I've heard tons oh, I, about them. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying I've actually physically met them. But like, you know, they were talking, I was still listening to some interview today and they're like, yeah, you know, I, you know, Joe Biden didn't come here for the primary, but you know, he's been running since 1972. So we, you know, all of my relatives have met him six and seven times. All right. Like, I guess that's one way to win, but like, it's not reality. You're, you're, you're not talking. These candidates aren't going to meet the everyday voters six or seven times in New Mexico or no. North Carolina, which are also important states. I'm just saying that... Show you can put together the same type of organization that can win a general right. election to right. win a primary. And using the internet is a great idea, especially now that we have no misinformation and the government <laughs> is just going to make sure that all voices are heard that, you know, need to be heard. That's true. I mean, like, yeah. I understand that, but I don't think that... N- that is just as applicable during a general election campaign. This is the thing I hate about some certain uh, certain sports, where baseball is my my ultimate example of this. Is where you have to go. You through, just hate America's past. I'm just going to hit this real quick, and I know Glenn's not going to understand it, but for you, the audience, you go through the entire year needing five starters, mm-hmm. right, to get through 162 games. Mm-hmm. Then you get into a playoff series, and it's a three game series, and you only need three starters. It's like a totally different build of your team. To get through this now this might sound a little bit like someone whose team has lost multiple short series in a row so i would just throw that out the window for a second no i don't but my point is like the person who can perform well in a national or at least regional primary is likely the per- the candidate that will perform well in a general election where they're doing the same thing not a totally different thing that they're doing in one small state 
where they don't need any money and they don't need to raise the money. They they can go door to door and meet Bob and Karen and everyone else who's going to be at the voting booth. I but just don't the know the problem is, thing. And I'd like to have a voice in it, the, too. Right. The, the, but the voice of of California, which no, nobody's ever going to California. And, I mean, they'd be stabbed to death. Not enough Secret Service for people to go campaign in California. <laughs> but that's a different story. But let's just use California sure. as an example. There's nobody weirder than the people in California right on the coast, right? Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to. I mean, a candidate should be exposed to them so they can go. Holy crap! We've got to do something about those people out in California, okay? And the only ones that are probably more weird are the ones in Hawaii. So there's a good reason to take a star off a flag, maybe even two. A president won't know that unless he goes out and actually sees for himself, because he'd be like, you know, the Golden State. It's nice. I've seen it on TV. Baywatch was great. <laughs> you know, oh, it was. And, uh, uh, you know, I think. It would, in, I will say this, if you had this possibility, you'd have different, interesting, different things pop up. For example, what we have in Iowa, people go there, they talk about ethanol and farm policy, yes. and we get all these updates. Like, what about like pooper scooper policy in California? Yeah. How do you get the poop off the streets? You got to have the you, president. That's a job only the president can do. Right. That's you true. Know? It's got to be a nationalized issue. But right. can't, wouldn't it be fun instead of seeing people go to the Iowa State Fair, they're just going, we're walking around the streets of LA just with a pooper scooper in a plastic bag and just po- picking up human feces and oh, putting it in. I would like in. that. That would be, I that's would like the type that. of door-to-door I retail campaigning I want. If we turn this whole thing around and we look at candidates that have already won and we go back into the booth and say, which candidate should have to now spend his whole time just picking up the poop on the streets in California. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd show up at the polls. Right. I think a lot of people would, show, you know, I think there'd be a higher turnout for that one. I'd watch where I stepped when I walked toward the polls. But yes, uh, yeah. I, I'd show yeah. up. I'd show up to to see that happen. Yeah. See, so. I, I feel like this would be an interesting change to consider. Like if you had a Northeast, West, South, four days over four weeks in a month where it's not, you know, like... It's nice to have a little bit of the winnowing process, I think, but like prove that you can do something before uh, you have to do it in a bigger venue, right? Do the thing you're supposed to, don't do a totally different thing and show I can win in, in a couple of small states. Do, like Super Tuesday is a good example of that. If you can win, if you can do really well on Super Tuesday, you're showing something that's similar to what you're going to need to accomplish in November. No. Winning in Iowa is not similar to what you're going to do in 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 November. I'm sorry, it's a totally different thing. Well, little Jimmy Muckenfutch, who was just running to be president because he was trying to raise enough money for children without eyelids, uh, doesn't get a chance because Jimmy doesn't have enough money for a, even a regional campaign. Oh my gosh! Okay, and uh, and Jimmy was running for office. He was running for office. He wanted to run. He for wanted office. to run for office. But I've just he taken was him gonna, out of the process. You took him out. And now what? all those people that were born without eyelids, they're not going to have any eyelids. I mean. You know how dry their eyes are going to be? They're going to be very dry. Very dry. And they very may have dry. to have your eye surgery. It's yeah. Well, no. They would, uh, you know, maybe I could give him some of my eyelids because I apparently have too much. Too much eyelid. Yeah. That's a big Or lazy problem. eyelid. I don't know what it is. Whatever but. it is. I would like mm-hmm. if I if you happen to be someone in America who doesn't happen to live in Iowa or New Hampshire, would like to have some opinion okay, as to how what about happens this? in this race. How about we rotate? So, like, yeah, but, every time there's three new states, you never know. I mean, I think that's better than what we do now. 
I think there's a thing where like the structures are so well built in these states. You know, everyone knows yeah, how yeah, to yeah. do it, and then, like there's a game yeah. plan that that's why I think it keeps happening. So you want, let's say, we just say, hey, let's just roll the dice, and the first three primaries are. Oregon, Washington State, and California. I don't think rolling the dice would be a good way of doing it. I think yeah. you'd try to capture some element of what the party would look like or what the electorate would look like. Yeah, okay. Um, so right. rolling the dice might be a little bit yeah, difficult. Because I wouldn't want California, Oregon, and Washington. I wouldn't no. want any of them separately deciding who the president was going but to be. why? Just have a, have a primary day. We all just know when it's coming. It's, it's I don't know, March 1st, and everyone goes on March 1st, and you just go and you vote wherever you are, just like the actual election, Jeez. and what, what people about cast those, their votes for their candidates. You get a couple months to lead What about veterans that lost their legs and can't make it? You want to just take the... You just oh, want we're going to mail them the like 42 away? ballots oh, okay, each. They can just they fill them out for... Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, all right, we got that. that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Good. Yeah. I was just <laughs> wanted to make sure... 